0: and Welcome to Documentation Not Included, episode 2.0, again, almost released as 2.1 as a patch because I'm weird, as the case may be, (laughs) but welcome. We are going to be talking about the art of being a lead developer today with our special guest, Sam from RealVNC, one of the lead software engineers there, and uh, obviously you recognize me. It's not worth mentioning me again, but hi, I'm Josie, and the two best hosts ever. Chris and Patrick are
1: here. Oh, thank welcome, you. welcome. Huh? <laughs> <Hi, Desic>.
2: Ah, <Yeah>. fantastic. <laughs> Say hi. Oh, <laughs> oh, hi. I'm
1: Sorry, to
3: actually <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> Hi, everyone.
2: So, Sam, like do, you, ever- do you want to start with just telling us a little bit about yourself, Leonard, Or or? kind of what you do generally?
3: Yeah, I can do. Um, so uh, as Josie said, I am one of the lead software engineers, is the title we use, and we'll come on to that in a minute, um, of at Real BNC, I look after the viewers team there, um, and I've been working there for about, well, it's coming up to a year now, actually. Uh, before that, I've worked 10 years as a software developer, mostly in C++, and I've been head of development that time and looked after various teams. Um, I also have a large history Working in uh, the Guild Wars And Guild Wars 2 community And guild leadership is a big part of how why I'm here today. Um, so no, don't let anyone tell you gaming is not good for you because it really, really is.
2: I've got a lot of yeah. gaming. I, <laughs> honestly, I've I've learned so much from gaming. I've yeah. not just yeah. not just job-wise, but you know, just general knowledge and you know, historical exactly. things, all kinds of. Nothing things.
1: teaches you better how to organize people than trying to get 40 of them where you don't even pay them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I
2: I try 80 of
0: them if you're running two 40-man groups.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, luckily,
1: In I never there, played yeah. a game with that many
3: in a raid but even getting like eight people together at the same time to do like an underworld run was a, was a nightmare that, yeah n- not again, thanks hmm. <laughs> So
0: right. uh, hold, on. hold on before we go too far because we're going to start digging into everything that she does we're going to dig into, uh, we have a lot of questions for her, she's basically put on the
3: hot seat today Yeah, I am a little bit scared about what I have let myself in for but I know it's going to be fine Oh, you'll be fine. Be fine. You,
0: well, you handled as yourself as... well every time I've worked with you. That's good.
3: Yeah, It's true. It's been it's been a while now since we worked together. It's really, really nice to be on a show again with EJC. It's been fantastic.
0: But anyway, let's go into what our first part of our show is. Um, as always, it's very easy for us to talk about uh, our guests uh, in relation to programming, because that's kind of what we're here about. Development, programming, technology, security, like the bucket, the gamut, as I say. But we like to do an icebreaker question and i've got a brilliant one for you all today and if you are watching or listening because we're actually going to be turning into a podcast as well something you can take with you on your travels uh i'd like to know your response to the question what one condiment can you not live without like if it was vanished and banned from ever being used again you'd start the underground black market for it because it just has to exist
2: before I used before I went on my my big diet craze it would have been tomato sauce red sauce or whatever you call that
3: Mm. I would agree ketchup ketchup would be up there
2: but I don't I don't have it that much these days because it's too full of sugar for me so um, salt probably simple salt
1: that's a spice mm. more so than a condiment. It's a condiment. But, you put uh, it on, a, guess, yeah, on the condiments yeah. table.
2: I'd, I'd say it was.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really use condi- condiments. I mean, to begin with, I don't really know the words. I'm assuming like ketchup, mayo,
0: mustard, yeah. brown sauce, as they call oh. it here in the UK, which is really weird. Yeah.
1: Oh, Dad, I used to be. Uh, I used. Uh, I used to really hate uh, mustard, and then I fell with immense love with it. All kinds of mustard. And then I fell out of it again because I'm just too lazy.
0: <laughs> How
1: laziness and mustard is related is something we're going to have to dig Open into in at some point. Open in a
2: jar.
1: It's more about cooking for yourself because my company provides full catering and mm. it's for free and it's really good food. Well, for me, it's mayo.
3: Okay. okay. It's interesting.
0: It, mm. it's, I think it comes from the fact that… Um, uh, growing up I had a small obsession with ketchup and then it was you know I got introduced to chips and mayo and that was basically uh, yeah. the end of it because uh, I'm just, cause i I'm not a big fan of salt and vinegar yeah. Um, there's something about vinegar that makes me pucker in a pucker and not in a good way
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so I had a, I,
2: a friend it, once who mayo. came around my house Um, salt and vinegar crisps in a bowl of vinegar dipped mm-hmm. in a bowl of vinegar that's it. that's oh. all she was eating. I just honestly, the smell. Oh, I love oh. vinegar, back but in that quantity, th-
0: the back of my throat is just cringing at the concept. Yep. And my even the like the like my
1: sinuses are sitting there going no. Great. Isn't my Too much. with vinegar though? So how do you reconcile those two? Salt and vinegar is a big thing yeah. here. Do you yeah, not do you not
2: have that in, in Poland? Or, or Cyprus?
1: Um, no, not really. In neither countries. Maybe more so in Cyprus, but definitely not in Poland. If I think it's is a, a fish big and thing. Or... Chips thing. Mm. Probably, mm. you know, it's the whole sort of thing.
3: Friday night, go for fish and chips. Do you want salt and vinegar on that?
1: Mm. But uh, mayo is a big thing because one of the coolest things you can do with mayo is you just take hard boiled eggs, slash them in half, put fuck ton of mayo on top, and sprinkle it with uh, peas. Uh, The cans from the can. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's the best.
2: I'd give anything a go once.
1: It makes you so fat, but it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go dieting advice (laughs) Your documentation not
0: included (laughs) Ah! Okay, so here is where we're going to sort of sit back a little bit we're going to be talking about an interesting topic lead development now for some, this might not be a common topic because we're used to talking about, you know, things like JavaScript or see itself as a language or, you know, trying to compile or do all those things that go with it. But in today's day and age, there are jobs. They do have titles they do have names and you usually have someone above you who is your manager. I say usually because some of us here are freelancers. And even then, I mean depending upon what role we fit into, we might have to answer to someone who is a lead developer or a manager. So we're here to tap Sam for all of our good news. <laughs> Teach us, tell us the myths, tell us the legends.
3: Uh well, okay, I guess we'll we'll start with the title. Um, because it's something that's actually is really really difficult if you are someone who's like maybe been a developer for a while and you're kind of going you know I want a promotion I want to go do something different or actually just get to the point in the role you want to move up to the next step if you ever start looking for a job you'll find tech lead as a role lead development head of development lead software engineer engineering lead any kind of combination and the thing is that in my experience having looked at a job looking for looking for jobs like over a year ago, those titles basically tell you nothing about mm-hmm. what the actual job itself is because everyone, every single company has a different idea of what those things mean. I tried looking for the definition of a tech lead for some of the my team. There is not a solid definition of what a tech lead does in a particular company. My, the best I can work out, it comes out with a bunch of technical leadership, some architectural skills, and a bunch of communication. You know, that's basically it. Um, and I guess really the only difference between tech lead in my eyes, and maybe a lead software engineer is, is sort of the people management, you know, the sort of mentoring aspect of things. You see, I would it, disagree
2: though, with the, with the, the tech lead specifically. Yes, a lead developer or rather a team leader Yes, they mm-hmm. have they, they manage people but a tech lead to me is somebody who leads on the technology front and you know it's like a, all, not, not quite an architect because you're not working on the overall yeah. big picture but a, a leader of, of whatever you have been tasked to do you know And Maybe. here's
0: where I jump in gloriously and say I, I see where you're coming from I love these type of shows <laughs> I see where you're coming from but having seen the experiences in my side I've actually seen both. I have seen the tech lead be the person who is responsible for, say, leading the technology of a company or a product or whatever, but I've also seen a tech lead who is responsible for all the people and making certain the teams work beautifully
1: together. And like, I've seen all of that. I think we definitely suffer as an industry from lack of codifying of the job titles. And I think the, the extension to Insanity is the recent one. Ninja developer! <laughs> Code wizard! Superhero! Post- yeah, when I saw those postings, initially I thought that they were jokes. Uh, oh, no. But apparently that's the newest fad and...
2: Uh, I, see a I, lot, ha- I see a lot of polyglot developers required. P- basically oh. developers who, who know everything. I would
1: just assume assume someone who speaks multiple languages, like, you know, French, German, like, we need that. Our documentation is, for some unknown reason, part Chinese and part (laughs) Russian. Mm.
0: (laughs) Well, so going back to this then, Sam, um, within each company, you're going to find different definitions Mm. and all the things that go with it. Does it really matter?
3: I think it does if you don't see yourself as much of a people manager, and if you're not particularly... um, comfortable having to have the difficult conversations with people that come with being a manager as opposed to just Dealing with the technological side of looking after a group of people Um I don't think in either role you can get away from the working with people front you're, You know, you're working with a team um, But you know the managerial role does come with certain expectations of having to have difficult conversations with people when they aren't Performing or when things aren't going so well. It comes with a certain expectation of um Kind of having to do those things that no one else really wants to do. And it's a really odd role. You're kind of leading and yet supporting at the same time. You're working for people who are sort of underneath you in the hierarchical ladder. It's really bizarre.
0: So in a way, it's a bit like reverse management. At least, it. and here's where we get to go into <laughs> definitions of what's good versus yeah.
3: what's bad, what's myth, what's
0: not myth. Mm-hmm. But if you're in that sort of lead dev role, you're actually the buffer between everybody else and whatever team happens to be underneath you and you're supposed to be doing what is required for the people below you before the people above you or like
2: no I don't think I don't think it's necessarily for anybody I think it's in order to achieve goals it's not it's I know there are people are important Mm. obviously in this and the the management of people and the the expectation management of people is really important but I think the, the overall um the people who are above you don't generally need to know the technical ins and outs and the technical detail of of what you're doing. They just need to know it's going to be done and it's going to be done by this time and there are no problems in the team. So yes, you are managing people, but you're not necessarily answering to people above you in for, about those people, in in, in my experience, anyway. I, I don't know,
0: I see, I see, I kind of, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. I see, I see. Wow, this is going to be one of the... You thought you were going to have problems tonight, Chris. It's obviously (laughs) going to be me. Um, One of the things that I have noticed, at least in my uh, viewpoint, because most of the time I'm usually the the leader of a small group. So for me, it's... Not software team lead, but project lead more so than anything else tends to be a big part of what I do. Um, But for me, it's... um, The role is you're sitting there trying to ensure, like you said, the business goals are achieved, whatever those business goals may be, Um, whether you're developing a new module, whether you're trying to come up with a solid API, like whatever those goals are. However, at the same time, if you just focus on that, you're neglecting the people underneath you in case they might need, I don't know, training, or um, they may have a better idea or suggestions. Like It's almost like you are Google Translate between yeah. management and other parts of the company and the team underneath you. I mean, that's at least the way I've seen it. Because if you focus completely on just the goals, I've seen developers burn out because they have honestly believed that their lead developer, the person who they resp- or uh, reported to, basically seemed to not care. Hmm.
1: Part of, uh, when I was a team lead for uh, Elysian Shadows back when we had way more graphical artists, um, I sort of fell also in that position of being the communicator between the entire team and certain people who who were totally not technical, but they put a lot of money into the project, so they wanted some answers. And huge part of my job was explaining the technical difficulties that we encountered that could delay a project. In a way that they would understand, because they were business people, they were no, they were they were not programmers. If I would tell them, them them that, hey, look, like we encountered this problem on Sega Dreamcast because you know there is a memory limitation and we have to work around it, they just look at me blankly. But if I if I will say, look, there was an unexpected problem that we now need to work around, it's gonna take us so and so, and I gonna make some maybe analogy uh, that stands, and I see that. I was baffled by how many programmers just don't have the skill. Mm. They don't have the skill yeah. to, exper- to explain easily something. And I
3: think that is a skill that if you're looking to move up the ladder and you're trying to make that next jump and you don't want to go into the architect sort of path because there are very different paths when you get through a certain amount of um, so development tests um requirements capture all those kinds of roles there's, there is a certain element of you need to be able to explain what you're doing uh to people who are not technical um even the you know going this is the thing i've made this is how it works and you know you now need to go and support this um always you know there's very different people that you need to be able to um, explain your ideas and and the troubles to and being able to understand the other person's motives. Why? Why do they care about the thing that you've done? Why do they care about why there's a problem? Is such a huge part of the, the sort of the role is is translating, and knowing enough about those different roles within the company to be able to get the motivator that's going to allow you to communicate effectively with that other person in their their particular role.
0: Mm-hmm. Communication is just one of those things that a lot of. Uh people. It makes a difference what role you're in. <laughs> it's really, really, really hard. You start throwing in jargon and it can get uh, basically like you're talking a separate language.
2: Do you see yourself as a mentor in any way, shape or form, Sam?
3: Yeah, I do. I, I That would be my... the way that I try and do leadership is mentor. And, and it's not from the viewpoint of, I know everything. It's from the viewpoint of, I know nothing but I found out how to do things from all these locations, and I can point you in the right directions. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you all the mistakes I've made, so you don't need to make them too. Um,
2: but they because... will probably.
0: I, oh, I, oh, yeah, oh, you do. No, I, I like hearing about mistakes because if you can't admit that you've made a mistake, you can't grow. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as we said, and I will say this at least once every single episode, in the world of development, have no ego. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that moment in time, you
1: stop learning. Same. People will people will respect you more when you owe, owe up to your mistakes. When you say, well, yes, I fucked up. There, there is a fuck up and I am the cause of it. And here are the steps that I'm going to take to it. And here are the steps I'm going to take to make sure that it doesn't, uh, won't going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a very valuable thing to do. That people usually think that, oh, if I'm going to admit that I made a mistake, they're going to think less of me. And that's usually mm. not the case. I, I
0: get rid of shame. Just get rid of it. I, I, I will go into that during a W or RTFM session. But but
2: there's, I... there's a lot of um, people who are worried. Not there's a few reasons that developers won't tell you what they've done. One, shame, as you said. And two, there are probably. Some of them, anyway, are very um, protective over what they've done and kind of the code that they've written. That it, I don't know if it's because we write code and we're protective over it because we it's ours, we've written it, we've created it, or it's because we're worried about a job security or we're worried about something else like that. I think all of that comes into it as well.
0: Have you actually run across issues like that, Sam, with, like throughout your entire career?
3: Yeah, I think... Um uh just to add on to that point before we, we go on to that um i think it also comes down to um you know this idea of um being an imposter you don't want to seem like an imposter and kind of take that taking that criticism to heart it, it kind of adds on to that idea of maybe i'm not good enough see i um, got well past that everywhere... yes <laughs> you're different you
0: you are what i aspire to be
3: i spent a <laughs> portion of my
0: time sitting there going um, I shouldn't even be. I'm here. confident in what yeah. I know,
2: but I and I understand that because I have been in that situation. I've been like, "How the hell am I earning thirty grand a year or whatever I was earning?" You know, mm-hmm. it, it, how the hell have I got to this point? I was, I wasn't, I didn't. I've just done some stuff in my bedroom, you know. <laughs> how the hell Have I made this? But, yeah. You know, you you get over. I, I like to think everyone would get over that at some point.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> a significant contributor to the imposter syndrome is simply the fact that so many issues that we encounter during our work are resolved by extensive Google search hmm. and because we know how easy, easy it is, we just sort of forget that it's like Googling is a skill and knowing yeah. enough to sort of sort, of sort the weed from the shaft is also a skill and we sort of assume that, oh my god, like I can Google it, everyone could Google it, oh my god, I could be replaced. Has <gasps> as Stack Overflow
3: become sentient yet?
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, has. No, no, but AI, <laughs> AI that helps programmers program does exist.
3: That's, yes. that's true. So you know, be wary. <laughs> but yes, bet, go, yeah, going back. Then. um in terms of the the whole ego thing, I think um, I think it's something that developers learn to get over quite quickly. And I think it's mostly because our code gets read and modified by other people. Um, you know, you, you have all your code review things and all the rest of it. If you if you hold on to the code and you view it as your baby. That's the surefire way you're going to get hurt mm. um, and and get defensive, and it kind of places into this whole like emotional intelligence thing, of kind of being able to say this is a thing I did. Criticism of it is not criticism of me. It's an opportunity for me to learn how to be better. Well, and well. I think that's I'm not- going to make that a gif, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make that a gif that has like
0: subtitles. <laughs> and I'm going to like
1: like use that as tweeting because
0: it's true, and that's I think we forget
1: that. Like, ha- hang it on the door to the office or something <laughs>
0: but as going back to when it comes to the whole side of communication and of course understanding people there's the term of psychology and all Like, do you feel that it is important to have a psychology degree in order to work as a lead developer?
3: No, I actually don't think it's necessary to have a degree full stop to work in development um, I I kind of feel that if someone can show passion for it they should be able to have as much of a say as anyone else. I do think knowing about psychology is important because there's a bunch of things that we can learn from psychology that we can apply to like increase team coherence and uh, make sure things get done and not annoy everyone around you. Um, and, And just having awareness of that and curiosity about it Um, Most of the stuff I actually learned through being a guild leader because it's exactly the same skills you need to be able to corral people and make sure people don't leave your guild and that actually someone does help you do the thing that you need to get done. You know, it's some psychology that's been around for sort of 20, 30 years. It moves on a bit. Um, But, you know, I basically watch a lot of TED Talks. I think everyone Mm -hmm. does, but I watch a lot of TED Talks and crash course and all those kinds of things and i genuinely find people interesting
2: mm, i do too i'm I'm not a particularly social person but i am i like people I, I i spend when i spend time with people i'm very vocal hence you know this kind of show this yeah. is it's it's to engage with other people so i'm interested in their thoughts and their opinions and that's what i think that's what makes us human really more than anything
0: yeah definitely the connection that we have with others
2: interestingly your your history is similar to mine in that i uh i used to run a, a semi-professional quake 2 clan uh, back in the yeah. day and it was her, it was herding cats it was taking i was 16 fully grown adults in the some of them in the 40s and 50s some of them some of them just my age you know 14 15. none of them paid any attention to anything that anybody said ever you know trying to arrange people in a group is yeah, it's, it's it 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 is we've got a coaster downstairs as appropriate and I should have brought that up today yeah it's, it's a,
1: um for for me moment. it was a great boon to see uh, all of the universities like like Harvard and others mm-hmm. putting their courses online because that, that that's been my drag recently just watching uh, the very psychology courses evolutionary evolutionary psychology all kind of stuff really interesting stuff because um, a lot of us don't realize uh, b- before if you don't have any idea about psychology, you don't realize how easily you can sort of put human behavior into boxes and just treat them as systems. And <laughs> I think that's a very useful fr- frame of mind for for us developers.
2: I think. Go on,
1: I oh, I, <laughs> it, there's there's a point where you kind of. Almost want to say the manipulation
3: word, but it really isn't about that. It's mostly about like framing the point of like, okay, I have this problem. How do I how do I make this come out as best as it possibly can be? How do I
2: make this appealing to somebody? Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. One of the best phrases
0: I ever or one of the best uh frames of <laughs> English. I really can't speak this today. (laughs) When um, I was in university, uh, I had to take a speech course. I loved it. And I got the best piece of advice. And I still try to use it to this day. I'm not good at it. It's it's basically a thing to aspire to. But it's when you talk to somebody, it makes a difference who you're talking to. You're not talking to get your words out. You are talking to explain in a way, hopefully, that someone will understand whatever your core point is. So the when you go to give a speech or you go to give a talk or anything else like that, if you understand your audience, you can phrase terminology really well to help mm-hmm. guide them to understand what your point you're trying to get across. And I think it's exactly the same thing when it comes to, you know, if you're <laughs> trying to... Manipulation is not a good word for me. It's it's guidance in a way. Yeah. It's, it's sort of um, how do I get you and your experiences and your knowledge to a point where you understand what I'm trying to say,
1: manipulation has a, the, as a word has very nasty connotations. But the yeah. the mechanics are the, the mechanics of manipulation and motivation are exactly the same. The only difference is the goal. Um, you could say that manipulation is when you try to convince someone to do that would be bad for them, but good for you. Whereas motivation would be said as you try to. Convince someone to do something which will be good for them and for everyone else around and for you and you know roses and hearts and birds chirping and uh, I think
3: think a lot of it also comes down to how genuine you are Mm. I think if you are genuine in in the way that you want things to happen, then I think that stops it being manipulation It's if it's hollow if it's just you're just saying things to make things happen then it's Mm. then it's just I think a lot of people see through it to start off with. I've
2: um, I've been doing a lot of networking recently, which is speaking to people who are very, oh, yeah. extremely non-technical, and it's it's taught me a lot. Not just about how I speak to people, because I've always tried to dumb down the technical aspects. I'm a very very technical person normally, but when I, I know when I speak to people, it's not about it is it's just what you just said. Then it's not about their um, understand not always about their understanding of what you're trying to say. It's it's about if they like you. Have you got an interesting story to tell are you interested yeah. are you interested in what you do do you have a passion about it we've had people leave the group because they don't think that people some people around the table have got enough passion you know it's interesting that though everyone works differently but it's yeah. um it's interesting people are interesting as we
1: yeah. said one of the one of, one of the most useful things uh, because sort of i i transition i i wobble between psychology and the science of persuasion and so on one of the most interesting concepts that i've learned like a year ago that helped me immensely in my work and in my side projects which you know it's always working for their people and, and groups is the concept of pacing and leading it's uh, let's say you have a disagreement about how to implement a certain architecture or whatever else development problem could arise where various team members have various ideas about how to solve it. And uh, pacing in leading is about first you pace uh, your, okay, bad word, target, person (laughs) who you're trying to convince. And pacing is essentially making sure that they understand that you understand them, that you know exactly what they want to accomplish, that you understand their point, and then you can slowly lead them to see your point, Sam, um, do you have many this sort of situations that you have to resolve in your uh, team lead? Uh, uh, um, sometimes,
3: mostly um, it's it's actually about, um, okay, you want this feature. Well, which one of these things are you going to cut?
2: Mm. That's
3: and, and I think the major point of those kinds of um, almost disagreements, I guess, you're coming up with is is the paying back tech debt and understanding the value of spending time paying back tech debt um versus pushing forward on a new um uh, on a new change mostly because i think people can see that a particular change has uh, a benefit to it it has you know either a security benefit or we're more likely to get some sales from it or it'll reduce support tickets tech debt is like this weird amorphous thing that you made a shortcut at one point to get to market quicker but now you're in have got a clutch and you've got to start attacking it with scissors And trying to make a case for something that's large and might cross teams is really difficult. The only way that I can think of of doing it is trying to gather as many pain points that are arising and source from that tech debt to be able to kind of make space in the schedule to say, no, we need to do this. And then all of these things you actually want to get done become teeny tiny and we can do them.
2: There's also the brute force approach where you just do it. And ignore everybody else,
3: yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> doesn't make you very many friends. I
1: know,
3: but yeah. <laughs> well, we're not about making friends, are we? No. I generally I don't want everyone in, in the office to like scowl at me when I walk past in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, that's all they're going to do tomorrow. Yeah, isn't I, I can see it, I can see it now it's <laughs> gonna happen. It's also with this dress up in the office tomorrow as well because it could be doubly scary. <laughs> mm. Oh, Halloween, parties. yeah, it's Halloween, it's Halloween oh, it's tomorrow. No.
0: Okay, well, we were talking about, uh, or I should say, you, you made mention of something, and I have to ask because I'm just sitting here looking at this going, uh, what? So Dunbar.
3: Oh, I'm. I, do you know what? I thought you might have come across this. So the Dunbar number is based off a psychologist um, from uh, quite a while ago um, who basically tried to estimate how many friends someone could have.
0: Realistically. Um, realistically.
3: Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, the strength of connections and how many connections that you have. So it's the idea is that you have a range of really close connections. Then you have a larger number of more distant connections and then even more sort of acquaintances, as it were. Uh, the interesting thing was this research was done uh, 40-ish years ago. It, and It's kind of worked. It worked in the early days of Facebook before everyone just made friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is that basically you can keep Tabs of about 150 acquaintances, but you actually only have about close ties within between about five and eight people. Yep. And the whole point of you know bringing this up in relation to to being you know a team lead or a tech lead is the idea that, that is the kind of point where it actually becomes unmanageable to keep tabs on that many people, um, and you kind of need to start looking at a team split. If you end up with more than about eight people, you end up not being able to coordinate things there seems to be this psychological magic number of um you know close relationship ties that you can keep hold of and the dunbar number kind of encapsulates that
2: Hmm. i have heard of that i didn't i didn't know the term dunbar number but i've heard of exactly the study you were referring to there
3: yeah that's exactly what i was thinking of
0: and and that's interesting to me because i think um a lot of people that i know who are in lead dev positions they're in those positions because tech splits have happened but I know a couple who are responsible for, like, 1632 people. There's eight. It's tech. It's a bit thing. Yeah. It's great number. Like, eight, it seems to be magical for all of us. But, um, hey, math,
1: it is the psychics of life or physics. Because a very nice notation in binary. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but at the same time, it's it's interesting to me because... When you have, when you look at that effect, because what that effect is all about is about the friends. It's about the acquaintances and things like that. And there are some people who will say, I've got my work colleagues. They're kind of acquaintance like, but it sort of still has um, a, a parallel almost between how you would set up a company versus how you would, I don't know, set up your social network, mm-hmm. your friends. That's why I was curious, because you, you put it in here and I didn't know it by that name, but hey. I want to oh, make sure yeah. we talked about yeah.
3: it. It's good. It 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 kind of it, it's one of those things of um, once you know about it, you start seeing that number crop up everywhere. So now it's in your head. You'll see that kind of number. Those different numbers appear all over the place, and you won't ever realize that that's kind of what you've been doing. The cultivate.
1: It would yeah. be interesting to make a study of uh, tech uh, tech firms and groups within tech firms from the perspective of early hunter gatherer human societies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: all of a sudden I great patrick's becoming an anthropologist this will be great <laughs> hey i can not see anything horrible <laughs> happening
3: out of this. see I've, I've got really interested in human behavioral um biology recently I've you know we're talking about like uh lectures and stuff there's a lecture series from Stanford on YouTube and I've been watching've watching it yeah. you you watching it as well yeah how awesome is the lecturer he he is, is he's the sorry, best guy ever
2: if he was
1: Oh my God. If he was
2: my lecturer, I would have stayed at college. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've sent it, I've sent it to a lot of my friends on Facebook yeah. and I, I had people tell me that they would watch him explain some coursework admin stuff because he was just so entertaining to listen yeah. to. Yeah. He's,
0: he's well, see, good. again, it's about being the person that people like and yeah. then you're listening to whatever the message is. I suppose also that's why, why I like the, the, the guy who does the justice course for Harvard as well, which is also online really good one oh, as well i ooh. also like how he does his textures but yes now we're going to move on to the question about the bystander effect and how does this impact leads development
3: uh i'm sure you uh, the, so the bystander threat for those people who don't know uh if someone has collapsed and someone calls says call an ambulance no one does it hmm. um you have to actually point at someone and say you call an ambulance and then they will do it. So the whole idea is basically if you say nothing um, and just say, this thing needs to get done, it, it won't happen. Yep. Yeah. Um, so That's... my my way around it, it says, can I have a volunteer? Um, or I go, actually, we're going to have a rotor now and it's now your turn to do it.
2: <laughs> That's interesting. I, d- I would never do the volunteer thing. I, I'm quite a solid... Um, solid? That's not the right word for it. I'm quite a decisive leader, let's say. I will say... Are you okay with doing that? And kind of suggest that they are going to be doing it regardless. <laughs> but not in a not in an aggressive way, ex- you know?
0: It explains so much about how yeah. documentation not included was formed <laughs> as we were building it together.
2: But it's interesting because exactly what you just said there about if people like to be led, I don't understand it because I've always, since a very young age, the Quake clan, and before that, I've been a leader and I prefer it. I also like working alone. I like working in a team, but I don't necessarily like being told what to do because, well, I'm not gonna get into the because, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I get that and, and I sometimes it's taken me a while to realize that people do need leadership. It's not that they're weak. It's not that they're that they haven't got any faults. It's just that they are not leaders. They don't have that need. They don't have that want to be a leader or confidence maybe.
1: If I people think wouldn't be, if people wouldn't be comfortable with following orders, we wouldn't have society. Someone has to lead. Someone has to lead. The good thing about it is that you can you can learn it because I certainly was the person who doesn't like to lead. I prefer to just follow. Like if you can get me a tasks list that I can just take one after another, oh, I'm in heaven. I love it. But. Uh, through the necessity, as I was uh, going with my career in game development, I had to I had to lead teams, and I had to learn how to do it. And I became, over time, very comfortable with it. So it's definitely something that you can learn. So that's good. Mm. I, as
0: someone who kind of uh, can rock the boat on both sides of that, I I naturally I'm I was like you, Chris. You know, I started out when I first started playing. <laughs> A game that was an MMO that I'm not going to mention here. Uh, but anyway, when I started playing, um, I was following because I didn't know anything. So it was my way of learning was by being a follower. And then once I figured out what was going on and what I wanted to do, I said, right, I now need to lead. <laughs> so I developed my team but i tend to go back and forth for me the follower syndrome is not so much the follower people do look down on the word again it's about connotations and things Mm. Mm. to me that's the educational process you know it's the let me sit down at the foot of the storytellers by the campfires while they tell me what snakes to avoid in the wild and now that i know it's my turn to tell my particular clan group whatever what snakes to avoid because Mm. i have learned They use the phrase standing on the shoulders of giants. I tend to enjoy, I like to sit at the foot of a giant and let the giant tell me its story Mm. and then use that to then further progress because that, that to me is, that is where it works. I mean, if I have, like you said, Chris, the confidence thing, I have no problems of stepping up to the plate and going, right, here is the problem. This is the problem broken down. This is how we're going to tackle it because I have the philosophy of, if we just sit here and whine and cry and get frustrated by the fact that this bug is here and we can't fix it or this, you know, uh app isn't working or whatever, if we just sit there and bemoan it, it does nothing. It's mm. The inertia's gone. I like to be the one who goes, all right, here's a problem. Now we need to find a solution. Now I have this knowledge, you have this knowledge. We're going to take care of these parts. Now let's do this. Let's just put our feet down and get the job done. So...
3: I think that I'm in quite a, a unique position at the moment. I think it comes down to team composition uh, quite a lot. So my team comprises of testers and developers. All of my developers are really quite, none of them are junior. All of them are what could be considered senior and en- uh, software engineers. And it's just because of the way the team is organically grown. And as a result, I do feel able to go, who wants to take this? And I know that someone mm. will decide to, and there'll be people who go, this is someone else's expertise and I'm not qualified. And other people go, actually, I can take that. That's something that I want to be able to do. Um, and there may be some things that I ring fence and I say, so-and-so is doing this because they need to get exposure on this particular thing. But otherwise, as long as the, it gets done, I don't mind who of the develop, developers or testers takes a particular task. If it's something that, you know, everyone can do. I will just draw up a writer and go. Actually, it's you know, it's the monthly retrospective, it's Seven sos turn this
1: time. You you're leading. I'm just going to sit here and write post-it notes. There is definitely no golden bullet to to no. leadership. No. And the funny thing is that there was there's so many books, especially yeah. in business world about like how to lead people where Like You have to understand that there are different types of of people and there are different types of leaderships that you have to apply, and you need to understand what kind of people you have in your team and how to adjust yourself to make the most optimal team that you can.
0: I I agree with that. And I think there's something to be said for um, the realistic side of things. I mean, we're going to always try to... point out the positives in absolutely everything. Unfortunately, there's also the negative side. I mean, I have worked with lead developers who made me want to gouge my eyeballs out um, because it honestly felt like I was their footstool. I have worked with as a lead in projects where people were um, not doing their best, who were actually uh, hindrances, and I couldn't do anything about it because they were, you know, friends with somebody high up in management or or something else like that. So there's what we're talking about for the most part in this start was about the people who have good intentions. We have the managers who want to do well. We have the developers who want to do well. We all want a successful team. We want a successful product. But what happens if you end up having someone come into a team and they click personality-wise but not skill-wise, or vice versa.
2: You can always skill people up. Uh,
1: Trapdoor of piranhas. Mm -hmm. Trapdoor of piranhas. (laughs) I am not working with you, Patrick. Is that that
2: just because they're not good enough? That's worse than something I'd come out with, Patrick.
0: No, Um... I I, I bring... No, go ahead. If you're piranhas, go on. We could upgrade to sharks, but
1: there was not enough. (laughs) Only
0: if they have lasers. Um, I bring this up because I remember uh, a fantastic example from my past. There was somebody who was in the position and they were utterly incompetent. What I mean by this is their name became synonymous with expect to fix it, redo it, expect them to make a mistake, expect them to be lazy, and their name was oh i'm going to pull a insert name here or oh someone pulls an insert name here and no matter how hard it was or how much it was pointed out they met whatever targets they were supposed to meet that was set for them by management and as far as i'm aware they're still there
3: i think that's something or anything how do you deal with something like that if someone doesn't want to grow there's not a lot you can really do uh, I think it comes down to a, where, where do you want to be in six months, a year's time? What, what are you interested in? And that's that. sometimes the question that people can't answer. And if they can't answer it for a while, that's fine. But I think that at some point, somewhere, something will click. The, the the side where it gets to the point of you're just basically doing your job, but things need to get redone, sorry, that to me is uh, you know disciplinary kind yeah. of area because you are impacting on everyone else's work we know that the work that person is going to do is not going to be fit for purpose we're going to have to redo it yeah so why are we making extra work for ourselves if they don't meet the standards i'm sorry but you know disciplinary sort of process is not a one one tier hmm. you get several goes as to like try and get better uh, and if you don't see the the boot coming hmm. you're really not paying attention I, I, I also what...
0: think it's about company culture, sorry for interrupting, because yeah. I know for a fact that this person is still in the position that they were in yeah. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and the company doesn't want to get rid of them. I don't know why. I'm not in the management, I'm not in the company, uh, so I don't know what they're thinking, but it's still a thing. So mm. I was just kind of curious as to how you look at things like in company.
2: You see, in that instance, um my first before any disciplinary is even if i i think that a disciplinary would come after they've been making mistakes for a a good while that they've got to a point where you there's no hope but i would at least try to allocate a mentor to them because sometimes i there was one moment in my career where i i was a contractor at the time i was working for an insurance company i had loads of other people there there was one guy there in particular and he was he lit a fire under me. He he was so passionate about what he did and he lo- he had so much knowledge. I wanted to be him. I I was all right at being a developer, but I wasn't I wasn't the best in the world. And I'm close mm. now, but I'm not.
3: <laughs> I'm glad but, you know your skills cuz I don't think I am a very good. Developer.
2: That's that's the thing is I, he wasn't my mentor, but he kind of mentored me. You know, there was no official thing there, and I everything he did I've still got, I've still got every time i think about my my career i think about him and i think it's very important to have someone who's passionate and loves what they're doing to Mm -hmm. influence somebody else and to meet somebody who's maybe down in the dumps for whatever reason it could be a cultural problem it could be they don't have actually have the skills or the the brain power to do what they need to do you know it could be anything it could be Mm -hmm. that they've got problems at home you know this is all this is where the leadership comes in and the the theme here so far is we asked we started the the question we started with the question is what is a lead developer, mm-hmm. and I think what we've established here or, or a lead developer or tech lead is is it it's a people person, isn't it? It's definitely somebody who is who is going to engage with the employees or their team and make that team performant in whatever way they can. You haven't mentioned a single thing about coding, Sam, since you, no. you came on the podcast.
3: Um. The thing is that uh, I am blessed with a team who are fantastic at what they do. So I don't have to get involved very often. I do read pull requests. Uh, You know, I I try and keep an eye on what's going on. I don't get a lot of time in my day to sit down and and code. Uh, I actually did a full day of like Python yesterday. And it was like, (gasps) I hadn't done anything for months. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's, I think actually the tech lead role can... Be bolted on alongside, you know, a, a sort of senior software engineer, and actually be a thing where you are doing a bit of coding and a bit of leadership. But there does come a point where your day is just too full of going to meetings, so that other people don't need to. That you don't get enough time to get your head into a problem enough that you need to, to be in that space to actually resolve a technical problem. Um, so, and I think that's where it gets yeah. into. Can you
2: tell me your your part, your specific part of the software development lifecycle? And what do you do? Do you take uh, problems, or do you take bugs, or do you take new features, or do you do all of that within your team? What's
3: all of the above? So, uh, Real VNC has a number of different uh, sort of uh, teams inside engineering. Uh, the team I look after, I don't know if any of you guys have used vnc at yeah. all um, so basically there is a viewer team and a server team and i look after the viewer team so we deal with all of the user interfaces on uh, mac ios ios android uh, raspberry pi windows and linux and various different flavors there's a server team who do the same um, for the servers uh, and then there we have a web and platforms team there's a business apps team there's an sdk team as well so that's when we were kind of coming with the sort of one of the team leads that's as lead for each of those, those particular areas as well. So we're taking uh, reports of bugs from, from support and our app reviews. We're taking new product work from the PMs. Um, we're taking security stories as well from our cybersecurity people. Um, and we're trying to integrate all of those into releases um, and push things out to to our users and our customers in a you know bug-free and meaningfully you know, a good way. So we've just finished shipping uh, device authorization. um, And that's been really interesting, um, trying to get that across all these different platforms. And that was a new feature,
2: Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, that was a new feature for us, yeah. so yeah, it, it, at the moment we're, we're working on a variety of different things. It's challenging doing it on that many platforms, I can tell you as oh, well. And that means yeah. that my team is like really, really cross skilled. Most of them can flip now between Objective C, Java, and C So it, from that from that perspective, you know they're amazing, and um, my testers are, are fantastic as well because they manage to gra- grapple all of these things. They're there with specifications. They're there. You know being able to break things down and going have you thought about this particular use case and coping with the fact that all of a sudden one particular phone manufacturer is just not playing ball anymore and some of this weird version of an operating system because Android and you know not tearing their hair out.
2: So, this guy I'm who's I'm... written his own Linux distro <laughs> that decides to use real well, VNC. It's not quite compatible with his kernel <laughs> com- exactly. compilation. Yeah.
0: I also want to just uh, give a quick shout-out to Watcher Simon, who, while we were talking about the previous topic, brought up Peter Principle.
3: Yes, the Peace Principle is a big problem as well, yeah.
2: I haven't heard of Are that. You
0: from... You've never heard of the Peter... Okay.
3: Go on, JC. Ah, go on. Oh, okay. I like think of Peter Griffin. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. So just the Peter pin- going... <sighs> I don't know why it's called the Peter Principle, but basically uh, the idea is that you're really good at your last job, so we're going to promote you, um, and <laughs> oh, you end up with a completely yes. different skill set. So pl- paying get... Peter to, to, Robin yeah,
2: Peter to pay yeah. a poll? Yeah, so you end right? up
3: basically being in your, you know, the least incompetent, I think that is, play role? I can't remember what it is, but it's basically you end up doing a role that, you know, you're not really the best at.
1: mm. mm. You you stopped getting promoted when you stopped performing, mm-hmm. uh, because you are just not that's not your skill set or, or your area something. Of- yeah, activity.
3: and I think this kind of pl- plays into one of the the videos that I kind of highlighted. That I wanted to bring up during this this cast was uh, there's a fantastic TED Ed video about how to know you're being incompetent, and the whole Peter Principle plays into this. It's basically is if you know nothing, you don't know you know nothing, therefore you don't get any better. And There's this period where you know you know nothing and therefore you keep learning. And then all of a sudden there's a, an area where you real, you think you're an expert and you forget your journey and how much you everyone else doesn't know about what you've learned. And the only way to get through that is basically keep learning. And I think that that brings a self-awareness to stop you getting into that position where actually... You're in a job where you're not particularly doing very well.
2: Mm. That that, com- that affects you in all kinds of ways because you, you don't think you know you're going to get that imposter syndrome again. You're going to be yeah. like, oh wow, w- why am I? What am I actually doing here? Should I be? You know, do I need to get training? There's all kinds of things.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also- here's where I jump in and I say the dreaded words. We are getting close to running out of time. There are a lot of things oh. we still really want to talk about, which basically means Sam, mm. you have to come back. That's fine. Yes, it's
2: just to fine. Don't want to. It's (laughs) (laughs) fire.
0: (laughs) <laughs> um, we do definitely want to dig deeper into this. I am going to give everyone a chance. We have, towards the end of our show, we didn't do it last week because we kind of incorporated into our conversation, but at the end of our show, we do something called RTFM. RTFM gives everybody here a chance to rant about a topic or something that may be irritating them, bugging them, driving them to tiny little bit bonkers. Um, so I'm going to sort of open the platform. Is there anything in the world of development or software? Self- or anything else right now that is getting you, and I'm seeing a big old head shake right now from Sam. <laughs> Sam, take <it> away. <laughs> Got a book?
3: There? Uh, so, so, uh, yeah. I, I think most of us have personal projects, um, and my personal project at the moment is writing a Discord bot because I can't yes. find one that does what I want because Discord doesn't require record when someone was last online. Oh. It is the most simple thing you would think in the world, but I'm having to write an entire bot to work out when someone has stopped
1: being active in my server. Oh, Jesus. You You're know right. what's, what's even better? There is, not even a, there is no option to disable people editing or removing their messages in, a, in, in, in the chats, mm-hmm. in Discord. So recently, like in one of the communities, we had a talk, should we get a bot that will somehow record and post a message that gets recorded? Just uh, log
0: it. It's it just set yeah. up not logging. It, mm-hmm. I, I mean, as someone who goes back to the old IRC days, um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's basically Slack and Discord are glorified um, IRC servers mm-hmm. in their own, right along with the Twitch as
3: well. But uh, yeah, my heart breaks for you. <laughs> It's us. a fun challenge. I'm learning a lot about Python because Python's a new language to me. I've only been picking it up this year, so... Ooh.
2: That's the thing with us, isn't it, us developers? If, if there's something technical that isn't available, we will figure out some way of doing it. Um, and that's the way I learned, to be fair.
0: Yeah, same. Mm. Does anyone else have a quick bugbear they want to throw out into the RTFM universe? Yeah.
1: I would say minus, and I will definitely expand on something that we said before in in the show, was lack of codification of the job titles. Like, you know, the amazing junior developer with three years of experience, or uh, ninja coder and stuff like that, or the complete lack of uh, standardization <laughs> what's tech lead and what's team lead like, like we really need to get together somehow but i mean obviously it's not gonna happen because come on
2: impossible Riz- Riz- I Riz- Riz-
1: R- R- where's the xkcd on standards Where's
2: yeah. Riz- an Riz- rfc
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean- Wishful thinking, right? Wishful thinking. But I'm, I'm sorry, to... but I am
0: very appreciative. Uh, a place where I worked that brought me on freelancing gave me the title of CLO. And I love it. I, I don't want us to have different, you know, standardized CLO. things. I,
2: I, I'm in agreement with Josie here. I, I don't think job titles matter that much. I think they they're important within a company. To establish, as you know, as Sam said, to establish kind of where you are in the hierarchy or where you are, even if it's a flat hierarchy, just kind of what yeah. your responsibilities are, what your roles are. As an employee, you are duty bound or contractually bound to do what your employer says within limits. So that's where your job description comes in. Mm-hmm. But the job description isn't; it shouldn't never be taken completely literally either. That's a the problem. Mm-hmm. They are always. There's a bending. Which
3: is of, great until you come to move to a new job and one will hire you as a senior software g- engineer because you've only ever had the title of software engineer. And
0: I hate saying it, but on my side, I've lost Patrick.
2: No, nope, he's still here for me. He's still, I he's still here, he
0: is, but I've lost yeah. him. So if he's talking, I might over talk him. I'm I see, I see really sorry. Lost, lost I'm enough having enough. some weird internet issues on my side, but we are at least at the end of our show. Um, and watch your Simon. Oh, see, we have officially lost Patrick.
2: <laughs> we'll uh, just keep going. we will uh, oh, oh, He'll oh, come back yep, in a minute, I'm here.
0: sure. He's back. He's back, and you get to drag oh. around as needed. Welcome I'm, back. I'm
1: so sorry. I know internet really hates me.
2: Don't worry ah. about it. It doesn't um, want you to
1: standardize anything. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> it also disagrees with job titles.
1: Also, <laughs> hello
0: stands for Chief Love Officer. Oh, I love um, it that's yeah. great that's it alive. was part of community management it's just yeah. like you just get to be the love officer and i'm like Do- yeah
2: so so here's but, a scenario um, about job titles just briefly before we uh, we mm. close off i uh as a as a contractor a self-employed freelance whatever you want to call me consultant doesn't it doesn't bother me i have You're different yeah, I have different job titles no matter where I go. I might be an architect in one place, I might be a but I generally just do whatever's needed to get the projects in place. I'm only there for a short time, so I don't have to get invested in the culture and the community really that much. I just go there, do the job, kind of go, if you know what I
0: mean.
2: Mm. I alter my job titles on my um on my CV. If I was hired as a senior software engineer, but I was actually there to do DevOps or something. Or I did devops I would change my title or my c v Is that morally correct? Should we be using the job title that that the uh, engager in my instance gave me, or should i should I alter it so future people understand what I actually did there or it makes more sense? oh
0: okay, so here's the deal right. This is a fantastic topic for a future show, which we'll be having. And I'm not going to let you dig us into this rabbit hole because <laughs> this is a rabbit hole that goes very deep, very much so Super Mario, you know, pipe deep. So we're going to hold off on that for the moment. I do want to point out Witcher Simon or Witcher Watcher Simon. I've got gaming on my head. Um, but Watcher Simon said that today they learned entry level requires three years of experience. Oh, lie, yeah, yeah ignore alone. that.
3: It just, my, honestly uh, my my advice for anyone looking at cbs they are a wish list as long as you can do like 30 percent of it apply anyway because, oh yeah yes oh. yeah it's oh. it's a wish list just go for it
2: I well as it's different for contractors because they do expect a certain oh, yeah. level of of expertise when they come in you can hit the ground running Go on, Josie, I'll let, I'll let you close the show now.
0: Maybe I'll stop the show at some point in time. <laughs> let me crack my whip. Um, okay, so a couple of things of note. Next week, we are going to be joined by somebody who works in the support side of the world, which means we're actually going to be looking at dev- of making certain that you build for the end user or the person who has to support what you create. And it's an entire different look at it than just simply, oh, we're going to build a good set of code, we're going to use good commit statements, we're going to use a temp, like it's different than that. Mm -hmm. This is a slightly uh, eh, abstracted, our favorite word. It's going to (laughs) be, I need to get t-shirts made. That's it. Documentation. (laughs) It just says abstracted or something, I don't know. Uh, it's about being that little step further from what we do, because yes, we work in teams or we work alone at times. And by the way, Watcher Simons says that they work from home, so tech top's a nice change. Both Chris and myself work from home as freelancers. And a big part of why we do this show is because we miss having the dev talk. So it's great to have you aboard. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um but yeah, so that's next week. And our guest is somebody that Sam actually knows. Oh. Yes. Goes by the name of Ed.
3: Oh, yes. That would be a very interesting talk.
0: Yes. And for some people who might actually know, it's Scrinager from back in the good old days oh. as well. I, I yes. even remember his face. Yes. yes, we do have a YouTube channel. And wow, Jake, you totally beat me to it. You were awesome. Um... Here's the key thing. If you would like to get involved in the things that we do here at Documentation Not Included, head over to dnistream.live. This is our website that we are working on. And if you want to get involved in working on it, we do have a GitHub repo that you can make some pull requests for, maybe help out or suggest things, I don't know. Maybe create a Discord bot that there integrates is, with There's our an issues website. board,
2: get on there, have a look at what there's, what's remaining and have a play. <laughs>
0: yes, if you wish to. We'll also, in the future, probably have some fun little code jams or maybe some other projects that we're gonna look at doing as well because this isn't just a one-time thing for us or just a talk. We do want to help grow and learn. Um, and also towards the bottom, you'll see we have a Discord. If you type, and I'll say it right this time, exclamation point discord you'll get our discord link in chat we do have a youtube channel we don't have enough subscribers just yet to get ourselves a real name so we're just a long hash yeah. so you can get that link also from our dni stream.live and that'll take you to that location we're also on twitter um we like to do random chatting about development we like to poke fun into the world of development we're a pretty laid-back group um, funnily enough, we have a fantastic community guideline. Check it out. Um, I blame Patrick. That's all I'm going to say. And once you get to our community guidelines, you'll understand what that means. Um, but other than that, we're here every Thursday night. We're going to be covering all kinds of topics. And we're also open to having even just our viewers come talk with us as well. So if you have something that interests you, that you want to talk about, whether it's a language, a framework, a, a new technology, how to integrate development into the creation. For example, my husband right now is building a Mycroft bot,
2: which What's is basically
0: then? an open source version of Alexa it's awesome. or Amazon's Echo or something along those lines. He's got himself an Arduino and he's got a pie and he's getting all that stuff together. He's gone crazy, but he's building Mycroft. Um, Although we're trying to think of other names because you don't have to say, hey, Mycroft. We we could name it whatever we want. And being (laughs) devs, we have some pretty bad names. (laughs) But um, please get in touch. You can reach us through our contact form on dnistream.live. Let me know your topic. Let me know what you want to talk about. Let us get you on. If you want to debate a point we've made, because again, we are not perfect, we're learning. And Chris will say something and I'll be like, no, you're wrong." And he'll be like, no, you're raw. And let's bring that debate to the surface. It's never uh,
2: happened. I've uh, never been wrong. Mm.
1: <laughs> I, I understand. I think it's just a matter of courtesy. But, you know. yeah. um,
0: I... Now, the side note is uh, we are also going to be having, in some future shows, uh, we have some people coming on to talk about ethics and coding and just mm. game development in general, actually which is some people were reaching out to, just waiting to finalize that. We also have people who, through luck of draw, developed a company because they had a random weird idea. Like, seriously, just come, talk. We I
2: mean, also have something else exciting to show next week, but I'm not gonna tell you what it is.
0: I know. All I'm going to say is, eee! there, you, you get, you get your, your squee of joy. Uh, I, uh, I about passed out when I saw it. A lovely so-
2: collaborative effort, and um, I'm looking forward to it being finished.
0: Oh, so am I, and let's see, yeah, and if you want, uh, do be aware, we are going to actually be turning this, not just because we do a live stream, because we like to see people and engage with people, but we're also going to be having a podcast, we're doing uh, some in- research in the back end on that, mad props to Chris.
2: Uh, it's going to be all integrated into the website as well at some point, and hopefully it'll be a lovely, I might even release the website as a podcast podcast. You know podcast website that people can kind of spin up and customize themselves well in fact it'll be available on github anyway so they're they're more than welcome to fork it and play around with it etc so
0: yeah and if you do something like that please let us know Mm, i actually would love to see what people's projects are because who knows somebody in our community may come along and be like oh you're doing a python discord bot that doesn't you know track when someone was last active in a channel perhaps I can help I know (laughs) library. in which point in time, you know, we all learn from each other. Absolutely. Now, obviously, this means Sam, you need to come back because there are some things we have notes. We actually are organized. We have some (laughs) things on our show notes, which we haven't had a chance to get into. But I Mm -hmm. really want to pick our brains about so we'll have to reschedule you get you back in here. I would love to come back. And on that note. Go ahead and pimp out anything you want. Can people find you somewhere?
3: Yeah.
0: Is RealVNC hiring? Real VNC is hiring.
3: Uh, a number of different positions, uh, both technical and non-technical. So please head to realbnc.com and check out the careers. I'm actually talking at Cambridge University's computer lab tomorrow to graduates as well, which is like pretty awesome, mm. um, and a little bit scary. Uh, <laughs> if you want to come talk to me directly, uh, my Twitter handle for all things work-related is sam__leaddev. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, Samantha Strauss. Again, if you go through Real VNC's page, you should find me. I am listed in there. Uh, come argue. With me, come tell me all the things I said were wrong. Uh, I'm also inside uh, DNI's uh, Discord as well, so again you can come catch me there, and I'll uh, I'll sort
1: of we'll debate captains.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, no, we're slowly we're slowly collecting developers like Pokémons into our. Discord. We are
2: yes. Hey,
1: Pokémon Go, big news! St- I'm massive on
3: Pokémon Go. I, I... Yeah.
0: I'm sorry, no Ingress.
2: No,
3: it's fine. It's all
0: right. We, no, can, we, we can agree. the end
1: of the show.
2: My, my wife know, plays Pokemon it as well. By the way. can
0: totally worship us ingress players because I, it is because of us that you all have what you have. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh. Worship the grandparents of your generation. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a debate for the future. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. I'm sorry. It's
3: been my pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's been a fantastic time. And uh, yeah, I'll hope to see you. Well, I will see you guys. Scene.
1: Yeah, you hope. Yes, thank you very much, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> okay.
0: And thank you, Chris. Thank you, Patrick. I thank you, me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: thank so, you, Jason. Thank nope. you, Dorsey. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that just feels really awkward.
2: <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, so shall we say Bye. goodbye to the audience Bye. as well then? So bye-bye.
3: Bye, Bye audience. <laughs>